There's an annual campaign trail that's expensive, exhausting and sometimes dotted with standover tactics along the way. It culminates in this moment. May I have the envelope, please? And the Oscar for Best Picture is presented to... And the Oscar goes 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 to, well, we don't know. Michael Shulman is a staff writer at The New Yorker and the author of Oscar Wars, A History of Hollywood in Gold, Sweat and Tears. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So who is Andrea Riseborough? Uh, Andrea Riseborough is a hardworking and very talented actress. Um, she, she's been out there for a long time and she's now nominated very unexpectedly for best actress for a movie called To Leslie, which until about a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, very few people had heard of, much less seen. Okay. So the, the film she stars in To Leslie was released in October. It grossed less than $28,000 US in theatres, which, you know, if you just compare that to some of the big, big blockbuster films is, woo, it's quite, quite the difference. And it moved quickly to video on demand. How did Riseborough come to be nominated for Best Actress then? In a very unusual and eye-catching way. So the Academy has um, a long campaign season, but a very short window for Academy members to actually make the nominations. It's about five days. Um, And during those five days in January, suddenly we had a spate of very high profile uh, A-listers speaking on social media on her behalf. There were also a lot of, you know, friends, uh, very high profile uh, actors hosting screenings and and Q&As, that kind of thing. So you had a full on sudden out of nowhere campaign for Andrea Riseborough for this very obscure movie from people like Kate Winslet, um, Jennifer Aniston, Edward Norton. Um, and it caught so much attention because, first of all, people didn't know about this movie in general. Um, and second of all, because a lot of the social media posts had almost identical language. They would say, like, you know, don't miss to Le- Andrea Riseborough and to Leslie. It's a it's a small movie with a gigantic heart or something like that. And so obviously people notice this kind of thing online. They saw that it was basically a, a, a copy and paste job. Why were all of these actors we've all heard of suddenly talking about an actress who was much uh, less known in a movie that almost no one had ever heard of. And uh, subsequently, it was uh, reported out that um, the the movie's director, uh, Michael Morris, and his uh, wife, Mary McCormack, who's an actress, had sort of spearheaded this uh, guerrilla campaign on her behalf, targeted for those exact days. And the crazy thing is that it actually worked. She actually got the nomination. Yeah, that's the. It is the crazy thing. It worked. Uh, the Academy announced it would now be conducting a review of the campaign procedures around this year's nominees to ensure that no guidelines were violated. What? How? Explain to me how serious this is now. Well, there have been a handful of times in the Academy's past where uh, a, a nominee has been. Uh, disqualified or barred from attending the ceremony because of some kind of campaign 
rule violation. For instance, they have they have a lot of rules about how you campaign, you know, um, and some of those have to do with, you know, can you have a big luncheon and, uh, you know, and then a screening across the street? You sort of can't do that. You have to have the screening in the same place as the as the, the party or the meal. Um, and there are also rules against sending out emails basically saying vote for this person or vote for my movie. You basically cannot solicit votes in that way. Now, the tricky thing about this is that Andrew Riseborough is not the one doing it. So, you know, it's not like you can pin it on her. As far, as far as we all know, it was this couple sort of working on her behalf, the director of the movie and his wife. They're well-connected in Hollywood. And um, I don't think they're even in the Academy. So what do you do? Uh, and I think it's very, very unlikely we could be disproven at any moment now because today's the day the Academy is meeting. I think it's very unlikely that her actual... Uh, nomination will be uh, disqualified because I don't think she personally did anything wrong. Um, so it's very unclear how this would be penalized. I think probably more likely is that the Academy will have to revise its rules somehow to account for the age of social media. Right. Okay. So you think it's going to lead to reform then rather than being um, retrospective? Yeah, I mean, this is sort of how the Academy always works. You know, in my book, I write about the Weinstein era in the 90s and the infamous campaign for Shakespeare in Love in 1999, which won Best Picture. So much of that campaign, it was this infamously aggressive campaign from Harvey Weinstein and Miramax. And they just came up with new things to do that no one had thought to do before. And then the Academy had to play catch up and ban them. So, you know, people out in the campaign cottage industry come up with new strategies and then the academy scrambles to kind of make up rules if they don't want it to happen anymore. And I think that's likely what we're going to see. So let's talk about the way the things that are allowed and the way it usually works. How elaborate is the authorised lobbying? How does it work? Um, Well, there are a lot of there's a lot of money and a lot of people uh, uh, with jobs like uh, consultant, strategist, publicist, who um, spend year round uh, working on Oscar campaigns. And what's been so interesting about this Andrea Riseborough discussion is that on one level, it's a sort of ground up campaign. Uh, people have been calling it grassroots, although I feel like if you have people like Jennifer Aniston and Kate <laughs> Winslet on your side, I'm not sure the word grassroots is grassroots, quite right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this is a movie that didn't have, you know, millions of dollars to pour into a campaign like a place like Netflix does. I mean, Netflix, um, I mean, the, re, what, you're, what you're asking is how does it usually work? Well, usually uh, the studios have lots of money to place for your consideration ads in in newspapers and the trades like The Hollywood Reporter or Variety. They set up screenings. They set up you know, Q&A panels, they they fly people around uh, to meet people, they send people to um, festivals, uh, film festivals are a huge way of getting press, they try to get people interviewed in, in the media, you know, it's a whole circus. And it takes a lot to make that happen. And usually there's some big studio or a streaming company behind it. Um, but in this case, there wasn't. Really interesting. And after all of the the way that it usually works, obviously she's, well, she has not authorised it, but she's broken the model. How has that Oscars lobbying shaped the films then that we get to see? 
and the success that they then have at the box office. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why this is a multi-million dollar uh, industry that swirls around the Oscars, because um, the Oscars, you know, essentially exist to um, get attention for movies, specifically movies that aren't huge blockbusters. Of course, this year we have movies like Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, nominated and Top Gun, these huge movies. But, you know, a movie like, you know, Triangle of Sadness, for instance, or Tar would not get the attention that they would otherwise get without the Academy Awards. So um, so it's it's really important for the way the industry functions to have these movies exposed to the public through the Academy Awards. And certainly, to Leslie has benefited from that because as soon as it wound up on the Best Actress list, so many people were scrambling, like, what is this? What is this movie? To, to who? And then, you know, and they go and they rent it. Yep. Is it any good? I haven't seen it yet. Honestly, I, I am like the biggest Oscar buff. I've been watching every single Oscar contender since September. And uh, I still haven't had a moment to even watch it because this all happened suddenly. But, you know, everyone who has watched it has had nothing but wonderful, effusive things to say about if Andrew Riceboro's performance. identical tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I hear that it's a small movie with a giant heart. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it does it doesn't seem like an emperor has new clothes situation. It seems like this was a very uh, worthy performance in a in a small movie that is getting attention for an actress who you know doesn't have the name recognition of you know a, a some of her peers like a, you know a Kate Blanchett. Um, so that's sort of the good part of it. You know, it's good that this performer is getting uh, more of the spotlight, although it's been really controversial for a, bu- a bunch of reasons. One of the one of which is that there were two very prominent black actresses who were expected, uh, widely expected to be on the best actress list, Viola Davis for The Woman King and Daniel Deadweiler for Till, and neither of them got nominated. So, of course, this brings up the, the idea, you know, why is this? Why did those two not get on? Uh, you know, is is there some sort of uh, structural problem with, you know, an actress like Andrea Riseborough having this network of huge celebrities, you know, campaigning on her behalf versus these black actresses? Maybe they don't have the kind of network in the industry. I mean, Viola Davis certainly does. She's a huge name and an Oscar winner. But, you know, Danielle Deadweiler gave an incredible performance until, but like, like Riseboro, she's, you know, she's not extremely well known. And she didn't apparently have, you know, tons of A-list celebrities tweeting on her behalf, mm. right, at, you know, during Oscar week, uh, during a nomination week. Michael, thank you so much for explaining what I consider to be a very opaque system. Thank you. It's been a it's been a weird ride. But, you know, I'm a I'm a big uh, fan of chaos and drama during Oscar season. So I'm loving it. Uh, Look, it keeps you going, doesn't it? Michael Shulman is a staff staff writer at The New Yorker and the author of Oscar Wars, a history of Hollywood in gold, sweat and tears. You're listening to RM Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.